welcome to the Inspiring Educators Podcast, a space where you can let go, learn, laugh, and be inspired. Let's first begin with introductions of our amazing Inspiring Educators. Inspiring Educators, introduce yourselves. Hey, everybody. It's Lila, the Educator Motivator, coming to you from Los Angeles. You can find me on all social media platforms at Miss Lila Noor. That's at M-S-L-A-I-L-A-N-U-R. I am currently an instructional coach, specifically, we just had a name change, equitable grading and instruction coach for the Los Angeles Unified School District. I'm also an implementation support specialist for CPM, and I'm a motivational speaker, and I'm in school getting my admin credentials, so the girl is busy. On every episode, we like to start and kind of get ourselves grounded with what we are grateful for just so that you can maybe think about how you can, you know, you know, implement this practice in what you do every day as well. And for this episode, I am grateful for knowing my capacity. It's taken me a really long time to understand, like, where do I cut it off at, you know, and where I can say no and where, you know, like, this is it. I cannot do anymore. I finally have that understanding of myself. And I'm really thankful for that because it's allowed me to keep it together in the midst of all this that I got going on. So grateful. Good deal. What up, peeps? Your boy, Coach Jay, Jadrian Grimes, ATL, Atlanta, Georgia, Community and Civic Engagement Manager for the absolute number one nonprofit in the city of Atlanta, hands-on Atlanta. You can hit me up on social media at first name, last name. That's at J-A-D-R-I-E-N. G-R-I-M-E-S. I'm grateful today for my nephew. I don't have children of my own. He's eight. He'll be nine in August. Just such an incredible budding young man. He's about to be a big brother and just keeps me focused, keeps me in line, keeps me sharp. So I'm just extremely grateful for my eight-year-old nephew, Chase. Shout out to my boy, Chase. Shout out Chase from the Inspired Kids Podcast. This is your boy, Dr. Christopher J. Childs, your favorite educator, favorite educator back in this space for another episode. I am grateful for peace, P-E-A-C-E, really focus on mental health in this year and just relaxing, not letting things get to me. So I am extremely grateful for P-E-A-C-E, peace. As on every episode, we bring you in a high topic every single time. On this episode, we're focused on what do educators need the most of right now? Whew. A lot going on right now. We're in the middle. I don't know if we're in the middle. I don't know if we're in the end. But I know we are still in a pandemic. And educators are overworked and undervalued. And instead of things getting easier, for some reason, things continually get harder for educators. On this episode, we want to discuss what do educators need right now in this moment in time that it seems relentless. What do educators need? I mean, I feel like off top, resources. And resources could be a lot of things, but you know, I deliver PD almost every day and talking to principals and teachers and you know everybody who's at the school sites. And resources are limited right now. As much as you know, we've been able to rally the troops and get laptops and do all of these types of things, at a bare minimum, I see subs as a resource. 
subs don't even exist right now. So anything else that we talk about outside of that, as far as the teacher being able to be relieved of their you know, duties of teaching for any moment in time to go do anything else, it's impossible because subs don't exist. Like teachers need resources. They need things um, in order to be able to do their job. And, and I'm not saying a sub is a thing, but they need these things. And to add on to that, I'll say grace. We need to extend a little bit more grace uh, to educators. Uh, we know a number of educators are out there just working extremely hard with the resources and with the things that um, they've been able to get uh, to effectively do their job every day. And with the pandemic and just everything that's going on, I think it'll be good for us to just extend a little grace to educators, uh, especially the ones that are just working extremely hard for our young people and helping them accomplish their goals and dreams educationally and, and personally. So I think we can extend a little bit more grace to educators. Y'all being nice. They need grace. They need resources. And educators need goddamn going support right now. Like I'm coming out of my element. They need unapologetic support in everything that they're dealing with. And what are we doing in this space to give them that support? And it's whatever, at this point, whatever support they need. Oftentimes, educators are told, this is what you need. They're probably going to say to me, well, Chris, you just told us what we need. Well, I'm just asking you what you need. I'm going to say you need support. Do you tell me what you need in terms of support? And we got to unapologetically do it in this time. All the stuff that's going on, we can do so much better to support educators. And we consistently drop the ball as a community, not supporting them. And I put it on the entire community. It's not one person. It's not one politician. It's not one school district. It's across the board. How do we value educators every single day during a pandemic, not during a pandemic, and giving them unapologetic support to get the job done, which is educating these babies? No, big facts. I'm not not being nice, right? Like that was one of the things that came to my mind, especially after having a conversation with school sites today as they were talking about, you know, getting their SPSA together and you know, all these types of things and trying to plan for next school year. And they're just like, our resources are so limited. Like the money is there, but like, what do we do with it? Because our hands are tied in so many areas, but I completely agree. Like the support is needed and it does need to be a flexible type of support. Like I'm not just telling you that this is the thing that we're doing, but we have to build a collective understanding instead of accountability as far as like what we're going to do as far as like what the support looks like, right? So I can say I need support with, I don't know, lesson planning, right? How do we make that happen for teachers? Like, what does that look like if a teacher does say, hey, I need support in doing X number of things, especially when, again, our resources are so limited right now. And I think that that's like the hard catch 22 that I'm continuously thinking about, like, yeah, we want to support them, but how do we make that happen with what we got? Who does that fall on? Like the support, the resource, like who does that fall on? Whose responsibility is that to make sure that teachers have the support and they have the resources? I mean, it's admin, of course, right? Like it's admin first. And, you know, we can even backtrack, <laughs> take this up to a macro level. And we're looking at school districts, right, as a whole that planned, you know, it, it, it's an unfortunate thing because I'm in school and I'm learning about all this different stuff. And I'm like, yeah, because the LCAP is there and I'm learning about all these different things. But how does a school system from the top all the way down to those at the school side level implement systems that make it a priority to put those supports in place 
proactively, not reactively, right? Because a lot of times in education, everything we do is reactive. It's not really a proactive effort. But how do we actually make sure that we're putting these things in every plan that we have to support teachers because we know it's going to come up? Lila, you use the big word LCAP. Break it down for the listeners because everybody may not know what LCAP is. Then we'll keep going. But just like a teaching moment in the Inspire Educators podcast. The Local Control Accountability Plan. (laughs) That's what LCAP stands for, right? So it was basically put forth so that districts have control over how they spend their funds, right? So it's no longer just this, you know, from people that are completely outside and so far removed telling you how to spend your funds at the district level. They're saying, hey, here's the type of funds you get. You get additional funds for different types of things, like having certain high needs populations, et cetera. Okay, now we're giving you these funds. How are you planning to spend them? And not only how are you planning to spend them, how are you going to get stakeholder feedback and different perspectives about why you should spend the money that way? And how are you going to prove to us the way you spent the money was the right way to spend the money? So that's, you know, more or less the <laughs> cap. Thank you for that breakdown. Could we just spend the money and pay teachers more money? Could we just do that? If I take everything else off the table, can we just spend the money and pay teachers more money? And when I say more money, I mean extravagantly more money. Like make this to feel like everyone, I want to be a banking executive because of the pay scale. Make education that type of feel where we're overly compensating educators and for what they do, for their time, for their energy, and really rethink this whole concept of education and make sure it's getting the resources that it needs financially. I agree, lesson planning, I totally agree with that. But also from a financial resources perspective, if we can give them better facilities, if we can give them more time to collaborate, provide them with high quality professional learning, just basic needs, if we get those needs are met, it makes the lesson planning not a lot easy. Imagine this for a moment, listeners. I live in Central Florida area, Orlando area, I already said, in that area. And Magic Kingdom folks love Disney World because it's magical. It's like the most fun place ever. So imagine if a school had the mentality of a Magic Kingdom. It was a fun place, like from how it looked on the outside, the entertainment on the inside, like it was just a fun place to be. Okay. So imagine that school is like that, like the Magic Kingdom. Then imagine that you're overly compensated for the work that you do. So not only are you going to a magical place, but you're overcompensated. Then you're given time to do what you need to do. Smaller class sizes. Guess what? Your life becomes so much easier as an educator to teach because you're in a magical place. You're overly compensated. So you're not worried. Are my financial needs going to be met? You have smaller class sizes. And you have time to think outside the box to do some crazy, wonderful things if we put forth the effort to create this environment for you, to support you. And then you have needs, but you have more so wants. But we're not even taking care of basic needs right now for our educators. That's absolutely true. Um, One of the sectors of our local district is actually looking at adult social emotional learning, right? Like, how are we supporting the adults, right? Because we do this, you know, this is a whole initiative for kids right? That we should be also supporting the social emotional needs of our teachers as well. Um, You know, it's not just Adam Champ, (laughs) you know, like you got it or inspirational song or giving me a nice cup or a cookie every now and then to show your quote unquote appreciation, which, you know, is always, you know, appreciated, you know, to be acknowledged in those small moments. 
But those small moments got to be, you know, a part of something bigger. It's got to be a part of a bigger plan. And it's interesting that you talked about the teacher pay, which is a whole nother, it's a whole nother conversation, right? We don't have time for it right now. But yeah, no, our teachers need a lot and we got to figure out what to give them and how to get it to them. And as we consider this piece, you know, the resources they need, how we can consider it and what we're giving to them, I'm going to charge the field. We titled this episode, What Do Educators Need the Most Right Now? I'm going to put some out there. This is maybe the unapologetic Dr. Childs coming out. Stop asking and start demanding. Like, you know what you need as educators. Stop asking and start demanding what you need and make sure your demands are met. I hate to say it, folks. And some people are like, whoa, he's like totally going off the rails in this new episode. Asking has not worked. It's not getting better pay. It's not getting better facilities. It's not getting the mental health that folks need. It hasn't gotten smaller class sizes. It is time we start demanding something better for education. Unapologetic. Everybody else is demanding what they need. It's time for us as educators to work together, demand what we need. What do educators need most right now? Y'all need to make a list of demands and put it on the table. Final thoughts from my colleagues. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that is a radical thought. That is a radical idea that making that list of demands and you put it on the table. I also think that a lot of schools need to do some real deep and reflective work about what they do need, right? What individual teachers need. And we're not looking at people like one big group you know, to in a workshop or blanket PDs, which, you know, some information is great for everybody, but everybody's an individual. And just how we like to differentiate for our students, we need to differentiate for our teachers as well. And every single one of them needs something different, more or less of something that somebody else may need more or less of. And it's definitely a time to sit down and have some really reflective conversations with our teachers about what they need to really get them to these levels of achievement and success that they want to be at, they envision being at, school sites want them to be at, districts want them to be at, right? How do we get everybody there? Agreed. The main thing is the main thing, and the objective is student achievement. That's what it should be about. So it's different strokes for different folks. I know regionally things are different, but we have to press the buttons, like what was mentioned earlier, to make sure we're giving our students and educators alike the resources and development or whatever they need in order for our schools to be more successful. Educators, I promise you, we support you. That's why we created this podcast. Anything we can do to help you all, let us know. But what I want to do from us to you is provide you with something we call an inspirational moment. It's a little mm, to get you through the day, may get you through the week. Some of you go back and just listen to those inspirational moments. Whatever you need them to be for you, that's what they are for. And this episode's inspirational moment is brought to you by none other than Mrs. Lila Noor. So Dr. KJC, definitely, he drove it home, right? He said, sit down, make a list of demands and make them as demands, right? They're not requests, but I am gonna offer you to make a list of demands for yourself, right? We oftentimes always talk about things that are in our sphere of influence, our sphere of control. And we oftentimes look externally for people to fix the things, fix our problems, fix the things that we need. And I know in education, it's definitely a lot of external factors. But when we think about the things that we need as human beings, right? Because we are human beings first before we are teachers and educators. And I know that that's sometimes a little difficult for us to separate being it. That's our identity. 
You have to sit down and think about what you need as a person and make demands of yourself. Find an accountability partner to say, you said you were not gonna take work home. You said you were gonna stop answering emails by 5 p.m. You said that you were gonna take one day to yourself completely and unapologetically. You said that you were gonna go start therapy. You said that you were gonna start saying yes to, stop saying yes to all those committees on campus. Cause while you wanna be a part of the culture and the development of the school and the growth, you cannot do it all, right? You also need to make demands of yourself. You need to sit down and say, what are the things that I need as a person that are gonna help me survive and thrive in this environment, even if the other folks don't come down with what they're supposed to bring to the table. If, if, if everybody else doesn't come to the table with the things that they need, with the resources, with the support, with the other things that you've demanded for externally, what are you gonna do? Are we still gonna drown? Or are you gonna find a way to keep yourself afloat? You have to make demands of yourself and you have to stick to them. This has been an Inspired Educators Podcast. Until the next time, we OUT. We out of here. See ya.